This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hey, everybody. How are you? Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm your host, Robbie Lashroy, here with my amazing, awesome, Phoenix Suns loving co host. I love the Suns too, man. I can't even say it. Tyler (laughs) Hurley. All right. All right. Thank you for that introduction, Robbie. Yeah. Uh, We are super excited to be back with you guys on another episode, continuing the podcast still until we come to a close, as we announced last week. Yeah. And if some of you uh, skipped last week's big announcement, that was just another surprise. Surprise. Uh, There is an end date, there's an expiration Uh date to this show. I'm going to be going to work for Standard Reason. Uh, If you want to know more, details go listen to last week's episode called big announcement um but if you would i do want to remind people if you would want to participate in the ministry i'm going to be doing uh through prayer and through staying in touch and even through financially helping me out um you can do that we'll put a link in the show mm-hmm. notes um to where you can donate and where you can sign up to be a part of what i'm going to be doing at stand a reason yeah enough of that it. let's move on let's coffee tip for the day tyler you got the coffee tip yes i do so this came to a shock to both of us. It came as a shock to both of us. Oh, this is like breaking news. Yeah, right. This is a big deal in the coffee news. world. So get this. According to a 2020 study, we have a new leader in coffee consumption in the world. Yes, a new number one. A new country forever. has been crowned as king. Uh, maybe not forever. But, yeah, uh, yeah but, but for right now, a new country has been crowned as the king well, who, of who, coffee consumption. Who has been? The king of coffee consumption. It was Finland, right? Finland. Yeah, yeah. Finland. For years. For the longest time. Yep, Finland we, we drank the most. We talked about it on our podcast several times, too, and we talked about just how much coffee they consume. Finland consumes still to this day. I mean, they're in second place. Yeah, they, they've moved down in the power rankings, though. There's, right? <laughs> That's what we're talking like about. Not like the Cardinals. You know, oh, Arizona, no, no, sorry, no, no, too no. much Arizona sports <laughs> for you guys. All right, but yeah, still, um, uh, uh, the, the 2020 study that came out is that the Netherlands are now the kings of coffee consumption in the world. That's okay? crazy. Because if you would have said marijuana consumption, I would have <laughs> thought that was true. But coffee? Uh, are, yeah. you ki- are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, coffee. They consume the most coffee per capita, meaning based on population, right? Yep. Of course. Because, of course, in the U.S., like, there's a lot more, like, people amounts of coffee based off the population. Sure. Because there's cons- way more of yeah, us. Yeah. But if yeah. you if you do it by, uh, by, person, by per capita, yeah, yeah per person... Uh, you can uh, you can see that the Netherlands is the king of coffee right now. Yep. Uh, at a whopping eighteen point three pounds per person. per person is the average amount of coffee consumed by people in the Netherlands. Eighteen point three pounds a year. And you got to think about that. That means too, like that doesn't mean that everybody's drinking that much coffee. It means that, that like there's people out there that are drinking no coffee. Still, yeah, because if course. like a bunch of people aren't drinking any, then everyone then else is doubling people, up. Yeah, that are like <laughs> consuming like twenty pounds or more. Who knows how much? That's you a know? lot of like, coffee, man. I yeah. drink a lot of coffee. I do not drink eighteen pounds a year. I don't know how much. I'm gonna actually have to think about that one later. Yeah, uh, how much coffee I can consume per year yeah but it's interesting so we have a new uh, new king uh, but they replace again the, the previous champs were finland uh right now they're at uh 17.2 pounds so they got them beat by like a pound yeah uh which is insane considering that finland was above that yeah they were number one for a long yeah, long time yeah so it, it just I, I guess it's just a cultural shift. People are drinking coffee more often out there. I guess so. Well, yeah. who, who comes in for the bronze? Yes, and that is Sweden. Okay. Uh, and third place at 16.7 pounds, which is not that far off from Finland, uh, but still a pound difference from Netherlands to Finland. That That's shocks crazy, me. man. But, uh, the part of that that shocks me, like I said, it's like that Finland was ahead of them. And that now they're ahead by a pound. That's just amazing to me. It's not like a few ounces, you I know? I wonder how much, like, COVID had uh, an effect on That's this. True. And if well, they were the just study, at home all the time Yeah, the study coffee. was done in 2020, so yeah. maybe it did. Yeah, yeah. I don't but know. Still, but there we go. There you have it. That is the coffee tip. It, it, there's a little coffee news for you, I guess yeah. I could say. Breaking news. Uh, there's a new king in coffee. We have a new champion. Yeah, look at that. We've crowned a new champion. (laughs) All right, but Robbie, on to the content for today. Yeah, so we have never talked about this subject, and it's something very important in our culture to talk about. Of course. Pornography. Mm. Pornography. So serious subject. We're going to talk about what it does to us, the Christian perspective on it, and uh, what we need to do in response to what Scripture says about pornography. And so as we talk about this, um, I did want to mention a little snippet here 
about what is called the empty self. So mm. J.P. Moreland, who's one of my profs at Biola, has written a ton of great books. But in one of his books, he talks about the empty self and how we have seen a rise in our culture of especially young men who he would refer to as empty selves. And he, he doesn't mean that they're insignificant or they're not special to the Lord, nothing like that. Um, but he defines it in a very specific way. He says that people who are an empty self are, number one, narcissistic. Mm -hmm. they're, they're preoccupied with their self. They're preoccupied with what they want, their desires, their appetites, their personal fulfillment. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. second trait of an empty self is that they're passive. Mm -hmm. They are the couch potato. Right. Instead of going out and trying to be victorious, they just like to sit and watch other people be victorious because it's easier. Yeah, um, yeah. Every aspect of life to the empty self is kind of farmed out to other people. The athletes do their winning for them, right? Um, uh, their pastors do their uh, religiosity for them, right? Uh, this person does this, this, and 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 they're really not contributing or 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 um, being a, a productive part of society, but they're passively observing everybody else doing these things. Yeah. It's easy to do this through entertainment. Uh, the third trait that he says of the empty self is that they're infantile. And this is really interesting. Um, the needs of the infantile empty self are uh, instant gratification, right? I want to be, be gratified now. I want my food now, DoorDash. Where are you yeah, at? Right. I want you to deliver pizza in 30 minutes or less or it's free, right? right? I want yeah, my download yeah, right, speed right. on the internet. I want upload and download speed fast. I want it now, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Instant gratification. Uh, they seek comfort and they seek soothing. Mm -hmm. And the empty self is infantile also because they are controlled by their cravings and appetites. Yeah, yeah. That's what controls them. They don't have mastery over their appetites. Their appetites control them, and they want to be filled with food. They want to be filled with entertainment. They want to be filled with consumer goods. Yeah. They want to be filled with all this stuff. They are the ultimate consumer that cannot say no to themselves. And with that, that's being described. That that's these are obviously like these traits individually are, are like by themselves are not what defines the empty self. It's when someone is completely consumed and indulged. Well, and all of these things yes. and they're just completely like because yeah obviously at some points in our lives we all have little tidbits of, of this course. where we're lazier you know instant gratification yeah but this is a but lifestyle is, exactly that's yeah. what I wanted to get across to you guys this yep. is a lifestyle it's something that uh, is just embedded in you that yep. you and this is what everything is about and so yeah. and, and what, what he's saying with this is we're seeing the rise of more and more yeah, people yeah. like this especially especially guys between the ages of 18 and 30 there's more yeah, and more yeah. people like this. There was a study done in Italy. I remember when I was a teenager, and they had a name for this phenomenon happening oh, in Italy. Really? Yeah, I can't remember what they called them. They had a name for guys whose moms took care of them, made their beds, did their dishes, f made their clothes, oh, wow. pampered them until their 30s and 40s. Well, that's kind of the joke. They'd never move say out. The guy yeah. who uh, lives in his mother's basement in his 40s. You know, well, the, but that's what know. this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's a well, real well, thing. Exactly. And that's a exactly. real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the last funny. trait of the empty self, too, is that they are mm -hmm. individualistic, uh, meaning they don't really care about their community. They don't really care about their family. Like they don't, the, the idea yeah. of bringing shame on their family has never entered their mind because they're only out for yeah. what they can get. And so not yeah. always, but typically these, these people eat way too much. They drink way too much. They watch way too much TV. They play way too much video games. They buy stuff that they can't deserve. They're in too much debt. That's where they're at. And it's because they are narcissistic, passive, infantile, and individualistic, which mm. is not how God has created us to be. Oh, and it's really yeah. sad because this isn't a fulfilling lifestyle. So that's just a yeah. really quick, here's the empty self. With that in mind, with those traits in mind, it is no wonder that pornography has become such an epidemic. Yeah, Because yeah. if you think about it, porn offers endless sexual fulfillment, which is infantile. It is. Right? Because mm -hmm. I want self-gratification. Um, set, uh, porn has made sex be on demand wherever you want it. Yeah, yeah. Which is narcissistic, right? Yeah. Because it's all about you and your self-interest right. and your personal fulfillments. Um, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. You don't have to go out and actually find a real woman and be kind to her. Hmm. 
This is where it's passive. Yeah. You see? It's it's just easy. You you literally have to put no work in. And then um, porn has also made it so that you don't have to work at a relationship with anybody. You don't have to have a long-term relationship. You don't have to, like, one of the reasons I think that God, not not the only reason, Tyler. Yeah, right. <laughs> but one right. of the reasons that I think God tells us to wait until marriage for sex is because sex is also an incentivizer for young men to get a job and to move out of their mommy's house mm. and to become a responsible adult. Because the craving it is really so is. large, it pushes you, it should push you to become responsible so mm. that you can woo a woman and you can provide for her and you can be a stand-up guy. And yeah, then you yeah. get to indulge in that activity. Pornography, especially for people that are empty selves, has totally... Um, backtrack that. And this is a reason why people are waiting longer and longer to get married. Yeah, that's true. It, it, it is an aspect of that cultural mm. phenomenon. This is why people are waiting longer and longer to have kids because you don't yeah. have to be married to have sex. And oh man, porn has made it so you don't even have to be in a relationship with a real person to mm. have sexual fulfillment. Yeah. And that's so just, it's, it's a mess. It, it is. It absolutely is. And, and like, that's kind of, I'm going to get into some statistics about this as well, but, yeah. uh, but Kind of to add to that too, I, I think that um, th this has been amplified in the past like 20 years or so too, mm -hmm. uh, with the advancements in technology, with like internet porn oh, and yeah. stuff like that too. And, and that's that's not even a like a shadow of a doubt. Like it absolutely has. Well, because you think um, think about it like this. Okay, yeah. so so with the passiveness, sure, yeah. If you had the couch potato, narcissist, infantile, individualistic, empty self dude uh, in the 80s, yeah, yeah. If he wanted pornography. He actually had to get dressed, yeah. go out of his house, go to a, a you know a, a gas station yeah. or a magazine store. And you had to like get an actual physical cassette if you wanted a video sure. or you had to like you go had and get to a magazine. Go or, buy yeah. it. Exactly. So this passive aspect of I don't even have to leave my house. Yeah. It makes it so much easier to access well, pornography now it's, that it's, more yeah. and more people do it because because it's um, right. anonymous. Almost. Right. Well, it's even beyond that. Like you, you don't even have to get up to go to your computer. You have your phone in your pocket now. And yeah. that's how, that's yeah. how people can access it. And it's, it's advanced so much, uh, with technology, with the, the usage of it. And so I'm going to get into some statistics talking about that. Yes. Um, so in our culture, this is shocking. And this okay? is, this is kind of, uh, okay, get this, this, yeah. this, these statistics are, I think about a year old. So yeah. it could yeah. be worse. Well, they are. They are. It absolutely could be worse. This yeah. is just what we've got from a year ago. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, um, so in our culture, this this is a first statistic I'm going to share. Uh, the average age that a boy first encounters pornography is nine years old. Ugh, can, can you imagine awful. that? Nine years old is the the average age uh, that a boy first encounters pornography, and that's that's that, astounding. That, that's astounding. Yeah. Now, you gotta, now, now. Right. Let's think about this as, as parents or potential parents. Sure. Right? Yeah. In yeah. Future. Yeah. So if that's the case that the, that the average boy sees porn at nine years old, waiting until they're 13 to talk to them about sex is a really stupid idea. I completely agree and with I that. And I hate it. I yeah. hate it because you're stealing their innocence. And mm -hmm. I hate that you have to bring up this stuff they're not ready to hear yet. Mm -hmm. But if we don't, the world gets to them. Yeah, yeah. It sucks, but that's the case. Well, it, it's true. It, it, it's not. Um, it's not like they're innocent too. A lot of times, like kids aren't, aren't yeah. looking for this stuff. It no. just shows up, dude. That's I, what one, one of my friends was saying that uh, that he knew a guy who they were at a high school football game, mm -hmm. right outside football game, and his son saw pornography because another kid was watching it on his iPad outside at the football game. That's crazy. How do you yeah. even? You can't avoid that. Like you can't. Like what? Do you, do you know what I'm and saying? That's that, what I mean. Yeah, that's not you bad can't, parenting. No, just the world's coming for mm -hmm. the, these kids. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's really sad. But that's it's important that we know these things. It is. Uh, another statistic here: a Barna survey found out that teens and young adults consider pornography less morally objectionable than overeating or not recycling. They're, they're, they think, meaning what this means is they're saying that this is, uh, that by you not recycling or overeating, that is more immoral than watching pornography. Unbelievable. And, and you know where I think this stems from? A lot of people have this mindset that it doesn't hurt anybody. 
Yeah. That's what people yeah, say. And that is so not alone, true. It, it hurts hurt you anybody. a lot. Well, it hurts you. It hurts the people that uh-huh. you are buying this product from. Yes. I yes. mean, there's a lot <laughs> to that. It does, actually. Yeah. But that's what I mean. That's, I think, where that mindset comes from. And that, again, we're going to keep going into this more and more. But that yeah. that is just far from the truth. But culturally, teens and young adults consider pornography less morally objectable than overeating and that's not so recycling. Sad. Yeah. Uh, another stat. of Christian men and 15% of Christian women admit to watching porn at least once a month. And that, that's meaning admit meaning like, yeah, that's not the real stat. Those are just people saying, yeah, there's people who actually like, there's a probably a lot more. It's probably higher than that. And people just don't admit it. That's the thing. 64% of Christian men, 15% of Mm. Christian women. That's astounding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one out of every eight online searches and one out of every five mobile searches is for pornography. Wow. Look at that. That's that, insane. That, yeah, yeah. It, it is insane. You think of all the different things that people can be searching on the internet. Uh, one out of every eight online searches and one out of every five mobile searches is for porn. Ugh. And like, like I said about the, the smartphone, right? Mobile phone. Yeah. Like on the go with well, your phone. because nobody can, else can see it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's private. Yeah. Um... Another stat, uh, pornography takes up one third of the internet's bandwidth, a third. You got to think about that. That is insane. Uh, that is crazy, man. That, There's so much. That's practically insane. Like, so the, these, these stats should be alarming to us, The right? majority of the internet is for porn. That's essentially what this is saying. Yeah. Like, like that's, I, I mean, majority in that category, but like still a third, yeah. like that is massive. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so now let's contrast it. So this is where we're at culturally and, and we live in what has been termed as a pornified culture. Yeah. Yeah. Where people have porn on their minds a lot or mm-hmm. images that they've seen a lot. Um, and, and there's, there's physiological reasons for that. It burns in your mind, yeah, it burns yeah. in your memory, all these things. Um, so we're walking around and there's a lot of objectifying of each other and, um, everything's sexualized, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so we live in a culture that is, is very not biblical. Yeah. However, what does scripture say sex is for, Right. Well, sex is meant to be, and we've done episodes on this. We had one on what's yeah. the purpose of sex, and you should go watch that. Um, yeah. But sex is meant to be between one man and one woman for one lifetime. That is the biblical view of sex. But pornography plays into this individual yeah. aspect of the empty self, right? Yeah. That it's all about you and self-gratification and what you want on demand when you want it, right? Individualistic. Right. So... If sex is merely about pleasure, then pornography makes a ton of sense. Of course, yeah. If that is the only purpose or even the highest purpose of sex, and that's what our culture has believed, that's the lie, that sex, the purpose of sex is pleasure. Mm. And we would say, no, pleasure is a motivator to have sex, Yeah, yeah. but it's not the purpose of sex. Just like the purpose of eating isn't pleasure, Yeah. But pleasure motivates us to eat. Of course. Right? Different tastes and different feelings of fullness Mm -hmm. and things like that. So if sex is about pleasure, then pornography makes sense. But sex is not merely about pleasure. It's about procreation. It's about unity. It's about foreshadowing heaven. Mm. And when self-fulfillment or pleasure becomes the goal, the end goal of sexual encounters, then no wonder we have this problem with images on a screen and, and tantalizing right. things uh, of pornography. So, so the allure of pornography, when you come down to it, is completely selfish, it's completely individualistic, it's completely one-sided. Yeah, yeah. The viewer of pornography disconnects the body of the person being viewed from who they are as a person. Mm. You don't care about this man or woman on the screen. They're just there for you to gain pleasure from, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't care what they think, what their background is, who they are. They're literally objectified. Of course. I mean, it'd be weird if you thought otherwise. I mean, that's the whole purpose of why you're watching is for consumption. Of sex. Of sex. Of sexual fulfillment, yep. And pornography, um, 
when you break it down, it's using another person's body as an object or an instrument to fulfill your selfish desires. Yeah. yeah. Not even viewing them as a human being, not even viewing them as a person, viewing them as just a sexual instrument for selfish desires. Mm. This alone should make us abhor it, right? Yeah, it's disgusting. But it also is in entrapment. It, it, it sin uh-huh. enslaves us, and Scripture is very clear about this. So let's talk about how it enslaves us. Tyler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pornography literally changes the chemistry of our brains, and that's that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm going to discuss. Much like too. a drug addict, it, it, it's it is very similar to drugs. Yeah, yeah. People say that it's not, but when you look at the science behind it uh, of what actually happens, you can see that your brain is physically changed. It is. By what happens when you consume it. it's physically changed, yeah. Uh, When pornography is viewed, it floods the brain with dopamine, okay? and Much uh, like a drug would. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nancy Piercy has a quote here about it. It says, uh, this rush of chemicals, when it happens repeatedly, rewires the brain's reward pathway and can become a difficult setting. Brain scientists refer to this as neuroplasticity, Neurons that fire together, wire together, mm-hmm. meaning that it, it literally changes you to desire this. That's kind of what's happening here. Yep. Uh, William M. Struthers said this as well. Eventually, the brain is overwhelmed by the chemical overload and shuts down some of its dopamine receptors, which means the porn viewer does not get the same high and has to seek out more hardcore porn to feel the same dopamine effect. That's why porn is addictive. And, and you see, mm-hmm. and that's where we say it's exactly like a drug, because that's what happens with drug users. You're, yes. you're constantly seeking out the, the feel of the first hit, but and to do that, you have to try harder stuff and keep escalating it, yeah, and that's be, how people overdose. And Because yeah. your brain blocks these dopamine receptors, mm-hmm. because your brain's saying, this isn't good yeah, yeah. for that much that, dopamine to be hitting exactly you. exactly And so your brain mm-hmm. starts to limit you so in order to get that feeling again you have to do worse and worse so it's this it's this spiral downward with Mm. pornography where you have to keep chasing um harder and harder stuff yeah yeah to to get you that same sexual high yeah it's it's kind of like the opposite of what sex in a marriage does (laughs) it's the opposite instead of bonding you and bringing fulfillment on an emotional level and a spiritual level it's just taking you down this spiral of you have to do more and more harder harder and that's why such a good point that's why a lot not all the time but that's why a lot of porn addicts have to keep watching more creepy fetish stuff bondage stuff then they get you know these guys get busted for child pornography and it didn't start there well it started back here and then they needed harder and harder stuff and it's the slippery slope of addiction to Mm. doing completely horrid not not that not that porn's not horrid already oh of course it it just takes you down the rabbit hole into such exactly exactly and and that's the danger and that's what you need like that's why this is such a big deal but i thought porn didn't hurt anybody it well, there you go. Yeah, it addicts you to it. This yeah, is what Satan yeah. does with sin. Is it's fun at first mm-hmm. until you realize that you are a slave to it. Oh yeah. Another course. another problem with it when people say it doesn't hurt anybody, well it does because it also puts pressure on women. Mm. In, yeah. in a lot of different ways. So so girls and young women in our culture have a ton of pressure put on them because of this porn epidemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to read you a quote by Melinda Lizeski. Liz- I'm yeah, not going to pronouncing that. I think that's right. <laughs> yeah. Lizeski, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So she says, girls and young women are under a lot of pressure to give boys and men what they want, to become a real-life embodiment of what boys have watched in porn. Adopting exaggerated roles and behaviors and providing their bodies as mere sex aids. Mm. Growing up in today's porn culture, girls quickly learn that they are a service station for male gratification and pleasure. And this is not what God says. It's for unity. It is for procreation. It is for a foretaste of heaven. It's not just for pleasure. But so many women are growing up thinking, well, that's what I'm to be used for when the Christian world, he says, no, we're supposed to want their, their hopes mm, yeah, and their yeah. dreams and their personalities. And it's a whole person thing. It's not merely, yeah. it's not just sexual fulfillment with, with that too. I would even add like that this whole thing with pressure on women to just to add to that, 
Um, this is also a big part of why the abortion industry is still oh, around. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Abortion is around because people over 98, 99% of abortions are done for con the sake of convenience because yes. the whole purpose of why the sex act to get the woman pregnant took place in the, in the first place was for pleasure yes. and not for procreation or thinking through yep. or taking, uh, yeah. And that's what happens. Pressure on women is being caused by this because they're being pressured into thinking that sex is for pleasure. Yep. That's another aspect. Well, and that's of a lie that our culture just has believed that uh -huh. the purpose of it is just pleasure. And, yeah, when, and yeah. so when you have procreated a child as a byproduct of that instead of the intention of that then you need to get rid of that child so you can just keep having the pleasure right exactly it's just horrific it, it's terrible it's yeah, terrible it is. and so uh, moving on with this though we want to talk about too more about what scripture says on this topic yeah jesus had something to say about this he, he did yeah. yeah and that may shock you but it's true um, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 28, anyone who looks on a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like, right. <laughs> like Jesus is stating that it is a terrible sin to objectify women. Don't look upon them as an object for your sinful lust, right? Yeah. You need to look at them as who they are. Human beings created with unique personalities in the image of God. Well, and, 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 and they're, and this is the other thing is they're not yours. No. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. kind of yeah. stealing. You're right? right. And that's why, that's why the, the old Testament says, don't covet your neighbor's wife. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, she's not yours mm -hmm. and lusting after something that isn't yours is sinful objectifying women yeah. that aren't yours is sinful. Well, and so like, yeah. this is, there's so much more to it than just, uh, you've committed adultery with her in heart. Like that's bad. Right, right. But it's also theft in a sense. Well, and what happens uh, too is pornography, tr like when we were talking about the chemical change that happens to mm -hmm. your brain, when it physically changes that, it's not meaning like that you're only chemically wired to want porn more, which you are, but it also affects, again, going back to that myth that it doesn't affect anybody. When you go outside, if you're addicted to porn, people like you can't think about women the same. You look yeah. at a woman and you see that image of yep. them. Yep. Uh, it, it creates that in your mind or I'm, that's just what happens. It absolutely does. No, no. You've sexualized mm -hmm. women to the point where now it's not just something you... The belief is, mm -hmm. I can just do this in the privacy of my own home and it's no big deal. It is a big deal because, number yeah. one, you're going to lose sleep because you're doing it at night so no one catches you. Yep. And you're going to be terrible at your job and yeah. be exhausted. And you're going to go out into the real world and that's how you're going to look at women. Yeah, and that's... It that's affects exactly a it. lot of things. It affects a lot of things. Not to mention the fact that when you watch it you are promoting the mistreatment of women who are forced into these uh, things oh, yeah. to make it or volitionally choose on their own to be a part of it. But it's a right. horrendous industry. And you've heard so many stories of women coming mm -hmm. out of it that it just, dude, they have to get drunk to perform these things. Yeah. They have to get high well, to Well, you got to think about things. it. It's, it's because horrendous. They, it's because they're also dealing with moral confliction of yes. doing it because they know what they're doing. Yep. Uh, but by you, like, yeah, like even watching like, like, or doing any of like the quote unquote free content, you're, you're giving them a view. You're, you're giving still them participating. ad revenue. You're giving, yeah, they're making money off of you. And if you, and, and, exactly and if there wasn't a demand yeah, for it, yeah. there wouldn't be a supply but of it. You're absolutely correct on that. And that's, yep. that's what the issue is here with that. Um, uh, more scripture on this too, uh, to discuss, uh, sorry, first Corinthians six fifteen through 20. It says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take away the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? May it never be. Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says, the two shall become one flesh. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Mm -hmm. So what this is saying, right? I mean, he said uh, earlier in this passage, um, 
Do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? Yeah. He, what he's talking about too. It, because sex is for unity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not just uh, like, it's not only physical. It's, it's not only it's, pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. It's not only pleasure. It's spiritual. Something's happening there. Yes. Well, and, and like, People just know this. This is something that you you can just tell. It is, but but our culture. But also, our culture said no, no. You can just hook up culture is no problem. Like exactly, I can, I can sleep with somebody, but not give myself to them emotionally. Yeah, I mean internally, people. I don't have to know anything about exactly. them because it's just about sex. It's just friends with mm. benefits, right? It won't mess up the relationship at all. It, yeah, right. Like we all know that this isn't true because there's something at a deeper level going on. Of course, when you have sex yeah. with somebody, and so this is just untrue. I I love where Paul says, "Do you not know your body's a temple?" Right? Yeah, of and course. I love, Again, because we've done shows on this, but the out of context nature of this, people will say, "Oh, I can't eat that donut because my body's a temple." Yeah, that's. Or, I gotta go run three miles because my body's a temple. <laughs> and you go, you know, it's about not having sex with people who aren't your wife, right? Like that's what he's talking that's about what I mean. there. Yeah, people think so- of it as uh, well. And, and there's there's things too where they, they'll they'll apply this with like uh, like substance abuse stuff too. Oh yeah, you shouldn't like, smoke because but your body's which, a temple. Like, look, yeah. like yeah, like you shouldn't smoke or you shouldn't do this, but but that's not what this verse is talking about. That's and not that, what it's saying at all. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, uh, context matters with these things. I think a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, a little show, bit, yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's talk about this. So this is really interesting, uh, and, and it does play into what Paul says in 1 Corinthians, where you become one flesh with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the chemical uh, reaction of sex in the brain of men and women. So um, oxytocin is this amazing chemical that is released in women uh, when they are nursing their baby and it Mm. stimulates a nurturing, caring instinct between the mom and her baby. It gets released three times primarily in a woman's life when they're nursing their baby, when they're giving birth Mm. and when they have sex. When women have sex, oxytocin is released into their brain Mm. and what it does is it makes an intimate connection on an emotional level at a chemical level. Yeah, yeah. This is what's interesting. Chemically, there is a bonding that's happening because there's the release of this chemical in the brain. Mm. So sex therapist uh, Teresa Crenshaw says this is an involuntary chemical commitment. Mm, Yeah. Chemical bonding. This is why Paul says that we become one flesh with a prostitute when we have sex with one. Mm. Because there is a chemical bond, a chemical commitment, a contract chemically being signed in the body of the female. But not just in the female, also in the male. And you're going to talk about that chemical. Yeah, when uh, men have sexual intercourse, uh, the neurochemical response releases vasopressin is what it's Mm -hmm. called. Uh, this chemical is structurally similar to oxytocin. Uh, it stimulates bonding with women. Well, and with uh, a woman. That's what yes, I meant to say. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, uh, but the thing is, uh, what's interesting, some even call vasopressin the monogamy molecule, which the is interesting. monogamy molecule. Yeah, yeah. You should make that, shirts that say that. I, yeah, vasopressin, right. <laughs> monogamy molecule. Yeah. It, it could be one of those like uh, porn kills love uh, yeah, shirts. Yeah, yeah, except yeah, exactly. That's yep. what it says on the front. Then it's like, read the back to learn more. And it's got like a barcode or you know, one of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. that's great. Uh, uh, but to get serious on this though, uh, sex involves our bodies down to even our biochemistry with the, mm-hmm. these chemicals. It, it, it's amazing how God created us this way. It, it is. And it, it's a good thing. That's what we need to realize. Like, like this is good well, that this, is why, this bond happens. This is interesting yeah. too because like, so this is why when people sleep together and then break up, it, it causes a lot of problems. And I'm not saying like a breakup when you don't sleep together, it doesn't cause hurts. Oh, sure, sure. But like, you know how like guys will even say like, oh man, everything was going great. And then we moved in together, which means they're sleeping together. Mm-hmm. And then she just like, we, I didn't want to be with her anymore. And she just got crazy. Well, it's because there's this chemical bond. Like it's, it's not just casual. Like that whole thing is a myth. Like, that doesn't happen no, because doesn't. you can't stop these chemicals from being released in your brain. Mm-mm. So and the same with guys though. There is yeah, this yeah. hurt and this bonding that happens and occurs and you can't stop that from occurring. So when people mm. say, I don't have to let myself emotionally get attached. Yeah, right. You That's do have true. to. You can't well, stop well, it. Well, it's not an, uh, you say can't let myself, it's not an option. You do get emotionally attached. Exactly. And it's, it's not by choice. When you go through this, it happens. 
And it's awesome yeah. that that's the way God made it to happen mm-hmm. because it's supposed to happen in a committed relationship for a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. I want to uh, have another quote here. Yeah. This is uh, from Duke Professor Lauren Winner. Uh, she rephrases um, Paul's words from 1 Corinthians 6 in this way. It says, don't you know that when you sleep with someone, your body makes a promise whether you do or not? And I, I yeah. think that structures what we, the point we were trying to say. Yeah. To Don't you team. know when you when you sleep with a prostitute, you become one flesh with her? Yeah. I like this rephrase. Yeah, your Don't body you know makes you a sleep promise. With someone, yeah, yeah. Whether you do or not. Well, that's I awesome. like that it phrases sleep with someone because that's kind of like that's the culture today. Yeah, is what that's happened. our vocabulary. Yeah, that's our sure. vocabulary. You understand that, <laughs> but that's what it's saying. Right. And that makes sense. Uh, when you sleep with someone, your body makes a promise whether you do or not. Yep. So you can't, Man. like I said, you can't make it, you say, I'm not going to let myself get emotionally, emotionally attached. It just happens. You can say that all you yeah. want. It's just, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You, you can't whether follow through you with want that to promise. Or not. Yeah. Exactly. Amazing. Well, let's talk a little bit more about what pornography does yeah, to people. Yeah. So, so this epidemic of porn in our country is turning uh, men into beings that are incapable mm. of having deep, emotionally rich, intimate relationships. Yeah, right. And this gets interesting. So this was from a Time Magazine article from March 31st, 2016 uh, called mm. Porn and the Threat to Virility. And I've heard this, there's so many studies done on this, um, but this is, this is from that Time Magazine article, quote, uh, many of the men are simply unable to experience a sexual response with a real live woman. Mm. They're only able to respond to pornography. In fact, they prefer pornography. So because of the yeah. addiction to porn, prior to having an actual sexual partner, um, in a marriage, men can't perform because they aren't excited by a real live woman. They get conditioned to being excited by pixels on a screen. Do you see how sadistic this is? Yeah. Do you see yeah. how like diabolical this is of Satan? So the thing that God created that is supposed to bring unity and intimacy and oneness and a foretaste yeah, of heaven yeah. and procreation is being hijacked by pixels on a screen of people who aren't even really there? Yeah. This is insanity to the point where men are so addicted and conditioned to pixels mm. that a real live woman doesn't excite them and they need the aid of the pixels it, to get excited. This, this is crazy. Well, and it makes sense because it's like we, we said earlier, right? The chemical rewiring that's happening. Yes. It's very precise. That's why that's why men like oftentimes like we were discussing earlier, they they have to do these weird things or like like they they try to get their spouse spouse or not even spouse but like girlfriend or whoever they're sleeping yeah. with to do something specific because their brain is wired to that. Yes. And so and that's the the that's the thing that happens uh, with when you get married is you're not satisfied because your brain is physically changing. Well, the way. other thing that's so sad about it, and, yeah. and we've talked about this in the past with all these, you know, discipleship things we've done and, and right, church yeah, things. yeah. But like, uh, pornography is fake. It is, yeah. Um, and what's going on in those isn't real mm-hmm. intimacy. Um, it's performance acting. And so the, the the crazy thing is, is that a lot of people watch it and think that's the real deal when it's not, it's fake and the real deal is not like that. And then they get disappointed with the real deal. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's like, it's like, uh, I mean, seriously, it's like watching pictures of a plastic steak on the screen and salivating over it and like, oh man, that thing looks so good. But it's, it's not even a real steak. It's plastic. And then pretending you're and eating then, it or whatever. And yeah. then you eat filet mignon. You're like, this isn't as good as that thing I saw. That's not even real. It's it's fake. It's plastic. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, got, it's got sprayed water on it to make it look juicy. Yeah, right, you know, it's, right. Yeah. It's, it's not real. And that's, that's a really good that's way That's the of case that we're, that we're having here mm-hmm. is instead of having authentic, real intimacy, people prefer this fake thing yeah it's so yeah. sad man and it's not healthy and it hurts women uh it hurts intimacy it's disappointment in marriage mm-hmm. um and the 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 more uh and and more and more men who are marrying not only sexual performance is difficult when you're addicted to pornography right. but 
intimacy and emotionally getting to know somebody, relating with their spouse is tough, like you were saying earlier, because they've objectified women, and that's all they see this person as, is a sexual fulfillment tool, Mm -hmm. instead of a person that has hopes and dreams and a past and a future, and and is beautiful, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it just... It really short circuits what marriage and intimacy is supposed to be. It's so sad. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, with that, though, we want to move on to another uh, aspect of pornography. Um, this is interesting. Uh, mm. So we want to read you guys uh, the, the what we would call the cautionary tale of Ted Bundy, uh, right? Yes. Uh, during the 70s, I mean, uh, pretty much everyone knows who Ted Bundy is. Well, they I mean, made Netflix specials about yeah, him? Or maybe not Netflix. They have. Is they that have. what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they've okay. made... Well, they, Zac Efron played him in a movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Well, and there's like, been documentaries. Of course. And, tons yeah. of... Uh, well, he's like, like the true crime like the like when you think like of true serial crime, so killer that's like the yeah. textbook serial killer that people think of yeah, from, Ted from back Bundy. in the day yep um so like i said he he was around in the 70s what he did he raped beat and murdered uh, at least 30 girls and women between the ages of 12 and 26 and I, I say at least they they estimate that he could have he actually likely did this to more than 30 sure uh, but they don't have a count or a track of all the women that he did it to and this is just uh, horrendous it's, it's like terrible yeah, yeah. Um, what was interesting was, um, right. so he's on death row. He well, he's dead uh-huh. now. He's he has been executed. Of course, yeah. But he was put on death row, and you know, so many people wanted to interview him, and he wouldn't do interviews with anybody mm-hmm. except. I think this was like a few days before his execution. Yeah, yeah. He asked if Dr. James Dobson from Focus on the Family would come and interview him, mm-hmm. and so Dobson went and interviewed him. And you can look it up. You can watch the video online. Um, or at least listen, you can listen to a transcript online too. But the videos on YouTube of this interview that James Dobson did with Ted Bundy mm-hmm. in prison before he was executed. Yeah, And yeah. so we've got a tr- not the whole thing, but we've got some of the transcript. And we want to read it to you because we want you to think mm-hmm. about what he says about pornography. Yeah. Now, again, neither of us believe that pornography will lead to you becoming a serial killer. No, that's what we're <laughs> it's pointing not out. A, it's not we a, don't believe that. Porn directly leads people to this, but but there's dangers in this, and you yes, can and you can addiction. see how he got there, and that's the yes. point. That's the point that we're going to make with this. Uh, but just a disclaimer: when we're reading this, we're going to read this back and forth, uh, line by line. Uh, I'm going to play the part of um, Dobson. Yeah. Uh, when and I'm, I'm going to be Ted Bundy. Yeah. When I say play yeah. the part. We're not going to act or anything, but I mean we're going to read the read it. Yeah, yeah. we're going to read it. Uh, but I'm just saying beforehand, you're going to hear us like repeating back and forth uh obviously this isn't us saying we're telling the story just, yeah please you know, don't think this don't is think us that, saying these things yeah robbie's gonna be reading uh ted bundy's uh portion of this so don't think that robbie is uh ted bundy please don't the, think yeah, that right <laughs> so here we go so i'm gonna read read and uh just follow along as we go through this transcript uh so dobson says for the record you were guilty of killing many women and girls ted bundy said yes that's true uh, so then Dobson says, how did it happen? Take me back. What are all the antecedents of the behavior uh, that we've seen? You were raised in what you consider to be a healthy home. You were not physically, sexually, or emotionally abused. And Ted Bundy said, no. And that's part of the tragedy of this whole situation. I grew up in a wonderful home with two dedicated and loving parents. As one of five brothers and sisters, we as children were the focus of my parents' lives. We regularly attended church. My parents did not drink or smoke or gamble. There was no physical abuse or fighting in the home. I'm not saying it was leave it to beaver, but it was fine. Solid Christian home. I hope no one will try to take the easy way out of this and accuse my family of contributing to this. I know, and I'm trying to tell you as honestly as I know how, what happened. As a young boy of 12 or 13, I encountered, outside the home, in the local grocery and drugstores, softcore pornography. Young boys explored the sideways and byways of their neighborhoods, and in our neighborhood, people would dump the garbage. From time to time, we would come across books or of a harder nature, more graphic. This also included detective magazines, etc., and I want to emphasize this. The most damaging kind of pornography and I'm talking from hard, real, personal experience, is that that involves violence and sexual violence. The wedding of those two forces, as I know only too well, brings about behavior that is too terrible to describe. Mm. Uh, Dobson says, walk me through that. 
what was going on in your mind at that time. And Ted Bundy says, Before we go any further, it is important to me that people believe what I'm saying. I'm not blaming pornography. I'm not saying it caused me to go out and do certain things. I take full responsibility for all the things that I've done. That's not the question here. The issue is how this kind of literature contributed and helped mold and shape the kinds of violent behavior. Yeah, and Dobson says it fueled your fantasies. Ted Bundy said, In the beginning, it fuels this kind of thought process. Then at a certain time, it is instrumental in crystallizing it, making it into something that is almost a separate entity inside. Dobson says, you had gone about as far as you could go in your own fantasy life, printed material, photos, videos, etc. And then there was the urge to take that step over to a physical event. And Ted Bundy said, once you become addicted to it, and I look at this as a kind of addiction, you look for more potent, more explicit, more graphic kinds of material. Like an addiction, you keep craving something which is harder and gives you a greater sense of excitement until you reach the point where the pornography only goes so far, that jumping off point where you begin to think maybe actually doing it will give you that which is just beyond reading about it and looking at it. Hmm. Dobson says, how long did you say, stay at that point before you actually assaulted someone? Ted Bundy said, a couple of years I was dealing with very strong inhibitions against criminal and violent behavior. That had been conditioned and bred into me from my neighborhood, environment, church, and schools. I knew it was wrong to think about it, and certainly to do it was wrong. I was on the edge, and the last vestiges of restraint were being tested constantly and assailed through the kind of fantasy life that was fueled largely by pornography. Dobson said, do you remember what pushed you over that edge? Do you remember the decision to go for it? Do you remember where you decided to throw caution to the wind? Ted Bundy said, it's a very difficult thing to describe. The sensation of reaching that point where I knew I couldn't control it anymore. The barriers I had learned as a child were not enough to hold me back from seeking out and harming somebody. Dobson said, would it be accurate to call that a sexual frenzy? Ted Bundy said, that's one way to describe it, a compulsion, a building up of this destructive energy. Another fact I haven't mentioned is the use of alcohol. Hmm. In conjunction with my exposure to pornography, alcohol reduced my inhibitions and pornography eroded them further. Dobson said, after you committed your first murder, what was the emotional effect? What happened in the days after that? Ted Bundy said, even all these years later, it's difficult to talk about. Reliving it through talking about it is difficult to say the least, but I want you to understand what happened. It was like coming out of some horrible trance or dream. I can only liken it to, and I don't want to over-dramatize it, being possessed by something so awful and alien, and the next morning waking up and remembering what happened, and realizing that in the eyes of the law, and certainly in the eyes of God, you're responsible. To wake up in the morning and realize what I had done with a clear mind, with all my essential moral and ethical feelings intact, absolutely horrified me. Mm. If you have time, we would suggest going and, and just listening to that uh, interview in its entirety. Yeah, if you want to, they have all the actual like tapes. There's a documentary. Uh -huh. the you Bed can Dumb. watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's on Netflix. The Ted Bundy tapes. You can listen to that there. Yeah, but but we wanted to read that to you to show you how sin enslaves. Yeah, yeah. and what was tantalizing yesterday isn't tantalizing today. Right. And this just keeps going. And it's this whole idea of diminishing returns, mm. and Satan loves it. Because it destroys us and destroys and harms other people around us, like in the case of Ted Bundy. And so we wanted to talk about pornography and all the detriments that it brings and urge anyone who is using it to stop. Like, mm. you need to stop. It's not honoring to God. It is not what you were created to be. It's harmful to others around you, and it will destroy your life. Yeah, it absolutely will. Um, talk with your friends and family about it. Yes. It's so important that we're open about like 
that pe- people deal with this. It's a thing. Yes. And, a, and, they, and it's like a drug addiction. It is. You need to get help for mm-hmm. it. You and need to people, go to people drug get consumed relief. by it and they get consumed with uh, the shame and the guilt over it that mm-hmm. they don't talk to people about it or to seek out help. And that's what Satan wants. Don't exactly. talk about it. Be mm-hmm. ashamed. Think nobody else is doing it. Yeah. Listen. One third of the internet's bandwidth is taken up by it. Everybody's yeah. doing it. Mm-hmm. You need to go get help for it. Yeah. And, and yeah. there's so many ways you can do it. There's so many sex addict recovery groups. Talk mm-hmm. to your pastor. Uh, look it up online. There is one in your area. And we would highly suggest going to it and getting a handle on this. Because life isn't about self-gratification and pleasure. It is about doing what we know is yeah. the right thing yeah. to do. And sometimes it's hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, seriously though, uh, some good sources on this topic that you guys should look into are Love Thy Body, uh, Answering Hard Questions About Life and Sexuality by Nancy Piercy, mm-hmm. um, A Practical Guide to Culture, uh, Helping the Next Generation Navigate Today's World by John Stone Street and Brett Kunkel, uh, and then FightTheNewDrug.org, right? Yep. So these are all sources, and there's tons other that are out there to um, help with this topic. Yes. Um, it, it, it's... It's an epidemic, like you said. It's something it is. that is completely taken over the culture, and it's uh, in the churches, uh, it's in our homes, in our families, uh, and it's something that's really, it's destroying families, it's destroying it relationships, uh, not creating or building anyone up. So, and Jesus specifically says, yeah. don't do that. Yeah. So we yeah. have got to get a handle on this. Self-control is one of the fruits of the spirit, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Well, <laughs> that goes back to the uh, um, the empty self. We don't want to be like the empty self. No uh, way. That's not <laughs> how God created us to be with this consumerism uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. uh, to this extent in the narcissism and everything. Uh, that should not be... That's not who we were created to be. That's and, not the goal of life, yeah. yeah. Of course. And uh, we need to strive to be more like Christ and to be conformed and uh, not be conformed by the world, but be transformed by the renewal of our minds, which yep. is what scripture says. And that's through getting help. And the, <laughs> right? and the yeah. good news is, is you can rewire your brain you can. to have healthy channels, yes. healthy rewiring. And so that, that's, what's so awesome about mm-hmm. the plasticity of our brains. But if you're a man or a woman who's struggling with this, you need to go get yes. help for it. Don't delay. Don't wait anymore. Honor the Lord with your minds. Honor the Lord with your bodies. Honor the Lord by obeying what he says. And go out and get help for this addiction because it is destroying so many people. Hey, thanks so much uh, for being with us today on this serious topic of uh, yeah, culture and coffee. We do just want to uh, tell you how much we appreciate you listening. Yes, and again, exactly. like we talked about last week, um, uh, because I'm going to be moving on to Stand a Reason, if you would like to follow what I'm going to be doing or support me, you can click the link in the show notes and uh, sign up to be a part of that. We'd love that. But thank you so much for mm-hmm. being with us today uh, to hit this, yeah, this tough topic yeah, that we yeah. needed to talk about. And we'll be back next week with another episode. So have a good week, and we will see you then. If you enjoyed the show and felt that this podcast was beneficial to you, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you become a Level 4 supporter on our Patreon page, you can get yourself one of our stoneware, Christ Culture, and coffee mugs, as well as a t-shirt and a sticker. We are available on all podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube, and we are also available on all social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee.